On this episode of the Fellowship Podcast by CMF International, we are celebrating the 21st birthday of Global Scope. Our guest is Phil Tatum, the director of Global Scope. In celebration of 21 years, on this episode, we look to the past and where Global Scope began, what ministry has looked like in the present day, and we dream a little bit about where God could take this ministry into the future. I'm your host, Jake Moore. Welcome to the Fellowship. Hello and welcome to the Fellowship Podcast by CMF International. I'm your host, Jake Moore, and I am joined today by none other than the director of Global Scope, Mr. Phil Tatum. Phil Tatum, hey. welcome back to the Fellowship Podcast. Yeah. Thanks for having me back, man. Pretty excited. Yeah, I'm very excited to have you on this episode uh, today because we're talking about Global Scope, and this is a very exciting month for the Global Scope family for the Global Scope ministry because we're celebrating 21 years of ministry. Man, that's pretty awesome. Hard to believe, man. But yes, Global Scope is turning 21. Yeah, turning 21. And as a campus ministry, that's a fitting number uh, to kind of hang your hat on uh, for yeah, sure. Yeah, no comment. No comment. Nope. But yeah, no we're 21 years there. old. Funny yeah. enough, we were we had all these huge plans for our 20th anniversary and Turns out we're in the middle of a global pandemic still, so we had to we had a big event plan that just had to be delayed, and so here we are. Now we're turning twenty one. Yeah, as many college students do. Yes, uh, they have while a big, they're big twenty first big yeah. party. That's right, while they're in college, and so I, I do think it's fitting. And and what I wanted to do with this episode as a way to continue to celebrate what Global Scope is currently doing is to do what they're doing at the annual celebration this year and look at the past, look at the present and look to the future for global scope and this branch of Christian missionary fellowship. And so that's what I want to kind of frame out our time to be like uh, today. Part of the past piece for me, the history piece for me, that's kind of exciting to think about is how your personal ministry journey really mirrors this, this growth and development of global scope. So maybe just starting off, it'd be great for, I know we've got a number of Global Scope missionaries that have been guests here on the podcast that listen to the podcast, but maybe for some of our missionaries that are in other strategic areas of ministry, some of our supporters that support different ministries within CMF, could you help us understand where did Global Scope start? Where, where did its beginnings come from? Because it wasn't just within CMF and natural outgrowth of the organization. And so I'd love to hear a little bit about that. And then we'll move on to talking about present day ministries and future stuff. So where, where in the world did Global Scope begin? Global Scope really began in, in the 90s, and it was an outgrowth, I think, interestingly enough, of REACH a little bit. Oh, okay. The REACH internship, the summer internship. Right. The summer internship yeah. program started early mm-hmm. 90s for CMF. And pretty early on, there were interns that came from Georgia Tech Christian Campus Fellowship and participated. Mm-hmm mostly in Africa and Kenya, but different places. And that grew. And while I was a student, late 90s at Georgia Tech CCF, we were sending eight to 10 students every summer on a REACH internship. And CMF kind of took notice. One, they were, mm. there were more 
in in quantity, there were more interns coming from this one campus ministry out of Atlanta than there were others. But also there was something special and unique about these engineers who were joining into church planting work. And just, I don't know what all stood out. I think for sure the, the work ethic, but maybe some of the ingenuity as well. Mm. But there seemed to be something there. And so CMF started dreaming Herb Works initially and Naoma Kuhn started thinking, what could we do together mm-hmm. with CCF at Georgia Tech? Is there a way that CMF and Georgia Tech CCF could partner? And the first idea that was pitched, I love this idea, was <laughs> her. I think Herb went down, brought Rick Harper, my, my old campus minister, a necktie and said, hey, <laughs> we'd love to plant churches with you in Thailand. And, <laughs> I can only imagine what Rick's yeah. actual response was, but like, ah. or what he did with that tie. <laughs> yeah, I hope it. I hope it's somewhere. I hope it's still in his closet somewhere. But that didn't really seem to be a fit. But at the same time, the Mexico field team in Mexico City, they were looking around and going, "Look how many college students there are in mm-hmm. Mexico City. This huge city, twenty-five million people, and hundreds of thousands of college students there. And they just didn't see a dynamic." campus ministry like Georgia Tech CCF had. Mm-hmm. And so I think it was Naoma that went, Naoma Coons, the first director of Global Scope, mm-hmm. who went back to Rick Harper and said, hey, what if we planted a campus ministry together in Mexico City? What oh, do you man. think? Okay. And from there, that was, uh, I think, 96, 97, where their first conversation started happening. And then there were a load of trips from Atlanta to mm-hmm. Mexico City over the coming years. And eventually we planted with a team of six in the fall of 2000 in Mexico City. So that's how we how Okay, we got started. man, that's awesome. And you were at that point at CCF. Were you a junior, a third year, a junior at that point? Or were you? I would have been a third year. Mm-hmm. I actually started my fourth year, I suppose, um, in the fall of 2000. So that was my okay. fourth year. Exciting time to be in the campus ministry because yeah. this all came about and really all of our focus was on it went from being summer interns let's send out summer interns to exchangers and raising up teammates and raising funds there was just so much excitement at the campus ministry and so we heard about we literally heard about it every week actually was a part of i think it was the before we launched so like the spring of of 2000 uh I was a part of a team that was helping promote. So every week we do this skit about Mexico, which were (laughs) totally insensitive and cultural appropriation, a lot of sombreros and bullfighting, which is more Spanish than Mexican and mostly outlawed. But we were just trying to get the hype up and get people excited. And so initially that team of six teammates went out along with 12 global scope exchange students for the very first fall 2000s. And so that was the first group then to do the exchange internship, the semester long internship, that group of 12 as well. Mm -hmm. And then I think the second semester, there was a group of 10 that went. So first year we had 22 all going to one ministry, which was kind of amazing. And who was pioneering that piece to the exchange stuff? Was that like an idea of Naomi's or of, of Rick? Hey, we should make people study abroad to be there. Like, like I'm just intrigued by that idea. Do you have any, any, I'm honestly not sure where the original idea came from. I do Mm. know that there was a teammate dedicated to those exchange students, a guy named Rob Kirkendall, who was a Georgia tech CCF employee, but working in Mexico city, he helped recruit, he helped affiliate, apply, select, help them raise funds. And he was there on the ground with them. He actually stayed two years for all those first groups of exchange, made parents feel when they're 
mm-hmm. to their kids. But it's pretty early on. Someone had this idea of, hey, we can send exchange students there. Maybe they can send some back from Mexico to Georgia Tech. And that was a it was just a great way to expand the footprint from the get go of, of that ministry. So many students just yeah. taking classes and their primary job was to meet students and invite them to what was, you know, then called Eloasis. No, it's a phenomenal model of ministry. Um, and as you know, I'm trying to help CMF replicate that and even some other strategic areas for us. Um, I, I just think it's it's so cool to think about the practical aspect of like, hey, you got to finish your degree. We want you to finish your degree, but you can be as you're kind of in the, the Matthew 28, uh, as you go idea of the Great Commission, that as you're going about your studies, whether that's at CCF uh, in in Atlanta or as a part of a campus ministry in Mexico, you can be leading people to Christ and helping them belong. So I, I love that model. I think it's absolutely. Really and we've sent, I think now we've sent over 500 exchange students throughout our history. And one thing that I'm convinced of is that, yes, the campus ministry has to give up a student for a semester or sometimes mm-hmm. they'll go for a full year. Mm-hmm. But what they get in return is a student whose, whose worldview has been opened up, who's seen God working around the world, who's had to learn a language and other cultures, mm-hmm. had to work in these different contexts. What they get back is a stronger leader in their campus ministry if they're, you know, open up handed enough to, yeah. to let them to let them go out. So from there, then, I mean, now here in 2021, we're looking at 14 campus ministries around the world in nine different countries, right? Mm-hmm. Is that correct? One that sure is correct. Soon correct. to be 15 and 10 once we're All in the All right. Yeah. Very exciting. Very exciting. What what caused the the growth, the, the creep? Was it the exchange program? Like, oh, students at CCF realized hey, I could study abroad in Chile or I could study abroad in Spain. We don't have to just be locked into the Mexico context. Uh, or was it something else? Was there Were there some people within uh, CCF and CMF that were saying, okay, this is working well in Mexico City. Let's start looking outside. Or was it like a nice pairing of the, of the two? Well, one thing that's, that's interesting to me, Jake, is – the name we came up with, uh, <laughs> you know, they didn't have an engineer name this. Uh, I think Noah McNeely was the person mm-hmm. who came up with the name. This is Courtney Wilson's brother-in-law. He was at okay. George Tech CCF at the time. But Global Scope, from the beginning, the idea wasn't, I mean, if it was me naming it, you know, I probably would have named it Mexico City Scope. Yeah. You know, thinking small yeah. and we're going yeah. to do this one thing and we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. But because of RIG, because of CCF influence and even CMF, the thought from the beginning was we can, we can do this around the world. And so as soon as Mexico City was launched, mm-hmm. we began hearing about uh, potential for you know, great. The Coley's were interested in going somewhere, 1040 window. They ended up uh, zeroing in on Thailand and going to Bangkok. Mm-hmm. Then there was talk of a, a Chile team. The, the Calistads, who at the time were CMF missionaries, were mm-hmm. saying, Hey, come to what do you guys, Mexico City's great. Come down here to Santiago. Similar situation. Not mm-hmm. much going on with college students. And we'll be here to help and, and launch folks. And that's really where my my personal story started to intersect yeah. uh, with the Global Scope story. And I, I Mine, there was a team that went down to Santiago. Mm-hmm. This was mm-hmm. early 2001. Mm-hmm. And they came back super fired up. I think it was 350,000 college students in Santiago. Wow. And Rick and this group of people sat me down in Rick's office and they said, <laughs> Hey, this is going to be awesome. We're going to do it. We're, you know, we're going to 
to Santiago and your name yeah. kept coming up on the trip. Are you going to yeah. go with us? Yeah. We and need it, Phil Tatum. They did. And <laughs> that uh, Aaron McDade was in, was a part of that. She had been nice. on that scouting trip. She, she reminded me of that recently, but what, what they didn't know was at the time I was kind of at this crossroads in my life or relationship mm-hmm. had ended. I was kind of at this point where I was more open-handed in the past. I'd been, like, oh, yeah, I'm all for Global Scope. You guys go do that. I, I don't mm-hmm. have t- time. I'm on my track, going to get my industrial engineering degree, work at Coca-Cola. But I got to this point, and I remember the prayer. The prayer that I remember saying over and over for a few weeks and not telling anyone about was, God, if there's something else you have for my life, mm-hmm. now would be a really good time to let me know, which I think nice. is just funny and how arrogant oh, like, in case you need to know god now would but, be a good time but then he gets a room full of people to come get in your face and haze you until you went to chile <laughs> yeah and it interestingly it didn't take much hazing yeah it, that's it good. really felt like yeah. wait a minute i have i have found uh at university i found what i was passionate about what i was interested in what really got me excited it just wasn't from the classroom it was from yeah. that campus ministry it had been it had changed my life. It had changed my faith, changed the trajectory. And my thought at the time was, yeah, I can, I can commit a couple of years to help and start one of these. Yeah. And then I'll go back and, and do my thing. And um, now you're the director of, here this, we are. of this thing. Here we are. I think about 19 years later, here we are. I'm here still involved are, in Global Scope and with Campus Ministry. And I love well, it. It's so cool that at the genesis of it all, that there was already a global perspective, like, hey, we want to go beyond just Mexico City. We want to go beyond what we're doing here in Atlanta. So it's like the vision caught pretty quickly. It did. Um, and, And that's pretty exciting to think about for me. Taking a step then into thinking about what is the methodology, what like what sets Global Scope apart from other campus ministries. You and I both know various campus ministries. I was involved in a different campus ministry at the University of Oklahoma that wasn't like CCF. So there are other groups out there, but what are some of the things that set it apart uh, as a as a mission organization, or for us as a mission organization, and for Global Scope as a campus ministry, what are, what are some differences that you would say that say this is uniquely Global Scope? Yeah, this is a question. One of the great things about us turning 21, I think in a lot of ways we're coming of age and we're mm-hmm. figuring out what we're doing. I mean, when we got started, Jake, we just tried to replicate what was happening in Atlanta mm-hmm. in different locations. They absolutely did that in Mexico City. We did that in Santiago. I mean, mm-hmm. even our week was structured the same. We had our big gathering on Thursday night. That's just... That's just what you do. But over time, we've started to ask ourselves, okay, what is it that's unique about us? And what do we do differently? And and why do we do that? Well, we had some some meetings with with the steering committee, the group that it's kind of the advisory board for all of Global Mm -hmm. Scope. I think it was in 2014, where we really sat down and started asking ourselves what what makes us different than than other planting groups are not the only group doing college ministry overseas. There's crew and varsity campus outreach, so many others. And we came up with what we call the global scope frame, okay. which has, yeah. it's got four walls in the frame and the things that we think make us unique. And you've got to, to be global scope, you've got to be within somewhere inside that frame, although there's freedom. And so the, mm-hmm. the four areas are a, a team approach uh, we do not send out single 
missionaries or couples just to do their own thing. We do everything in team, which mm-hmm. is harder, yeah. but we believe it, but we believe it's better. And that's a CMF yeah. value that's carried over mm-hmm. into global scope for sure. But, uh, but I absolutely believe that a team is more than the sum of its parts. And one of the great things that we've learned about team is with a team established, if one particular person leaves for whatever reason, the, the ministry keeps going because we have a team there right. in place. So the second part of that's the top team approach. Uh, the second uh, wall of the frame would be hospitality. Mm-hmm. And all of our locations have some sort of space, mm-hmm. campus house, or sometimes it's just a storefront, but it's more than just a physical space. Although we, we do have that. We try to extend hospitality and who we are, who we reach out to, how people are welcomed in. We want to create a space where every college student is welcome, a safe mm-hmm. space where students can come no matter what they believe. If they're atheist, agnostic, if they've been burned by the church, if they're mm-hmm. a Christian and they don't have a community, all those we're trying to make space for all those people to feel welcome and come in and be loved, accepted, probably given a meal and some yeah. cookies, but also <laughs> have a place where they can where they can ask hard questions and questions about life and faith, and they are mm-hmm. still welcomed in no matter where they're at in their faith journey. So hospitality, very big deal for us, which yeah. has been hard throughout COVID. Oh this, man, I bet. How do you extend hospitality digitally? <laughs> and we've done our best, but yeah. there've been some ways that it's been really tough. And that's maybe what would set you global scope apart from other campus ministries, like thinking about space, place, community, that you get community through other campus ministries, or I would say even through my campus ministry experience, in many ways, it was even like my church through college in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I'm so grateful for that. But we didn't have like a central location where we gathered. Um, and I can see or I like as I observe Global Scope, like the value in having like a central location in a lot of ways provides that open space where dialogue can happen, where life to life opportunities provide faith conversation, uh, you know, room for faith conversations and things like that. Yeah. And it's, we want to be the home away from home for, Mm -hmm. for college students where they're welcomed in and it it provides some legitimacy too, that we have, (laughs) who are you guys? Where are you? Mm -hmm. What, you know, Mm -hmm. but having this central place to operate out of, and we don't do everything out of like one, our, our campus ministers are going out on campus or meeting students wherever they are. But mm-hmm. we have we have a kind of a home base and a place we operate out of that is open, uh, not twenty four seven. We're not seven eleven here, but yeah. it's it's open <laughs> often for students to come, mm-hmm. uh, even if they just need to hang out. But also if they want to have a deeper conversation or grab a cup of coffee or a cup of tea, mm-hmm. uh, that that space is there and it's for them. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, team hospitality. Number three would be grace driven community. We believe. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, that Jesus came in grace and truth, as it says in the Gospel of John. But we as a community are going to lead with grace all the time. And so that means the the doors are open no matter, again, like I said before, what you believe, where you are, what, how you identify, um, what your sexual orientation is, beliefs. We are trying to create this grace-driven place where first and foremost, you are accepted we care about you. We want to know you and you are loved in this place. And mm-hmm. I think that does set us apart. Now it gets real messy. And how do we mm-hmm. create space for, 
um, students who are in very different places with either yeah. religion or politics. It's a story. I, I don't want to give away too many details here, but a, a, one of our campus ministers was saying, how, can we create space for this student who uh, very progressive, uh, you know, has a certain lifestyle and this mm -hmm. student who's on the complete opposite side of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. And it's tough. It's, it's yeah. easy to sit here and talk about it, me and you, yeah. but actually applying that is what we're trying to do. But we're trying to create this welcoming, open, safe space mm -hmm. for students where we lead, we lead with grace. No, that's powerful. Grace driven ministry. Grace driven community. Oh, community. Sorry. There you go. Got the wording all wrong. You're good. All right. You're good. That's okay, the third last part, part of the frame. Of the frame, frame yeah. yeah. Is is we do discipleship through leadership. And so this is, is a kind of an idea um, that we adapted from 3DM way back. They had an article that just right about the time as we were deciding these things, um, that I've actually asked them, I can't find the article anymore, man. It's it's been taken down off the web. But the idea is that we are asking students to lead in this place and in this space, maybe even before they see it and before they recognize it. We have part of the ministry that we were planted out of, Georgia Tech CCF, has a very large uh, leadership program that starts from very young by your sophomore year. If you just hang around enough, you're going to be asked to be a leader <laughs> yeah. in that place and in that space. And we do the same thing in our ministries. And so one of, one of the great things about our model too is there are, we get to lower the bar on what it means to be included and a part of the community, but I hope we're raising the bar on, on what it actually means to be a disciple. So mm -hmm. if, if you're around and you're interested, we're going to ask you, hey, how do you want to be involved? Would you enjoy, would you appreciate serving? And the, this is what we're asking of our leaders. One of the things that I love about our, our leadership programs is we have a lot of students who are not identifying themselves as Christians yet that we invite into leadership. Yeah. And we let them know what that means. That means you're serving in this place. We're going to do a weekly Bible study. We're going to have prayer and it's okay. If you don't know what you think about prayer yet, it's okay. If you don't know what you think about scripture or God yet, but we want to invite you in and we see, I think I see more and more Jake of people's stories of coming to faith, being more of a longer journey rather than, a moment, uh, an emotional moment with, yeah. you know, just as I am playing 17 times at the end of a conference, I, I see students kind of tippy-toeing and easing into the, into the deeper waters one step at a time. And so we've got, that is kind of our pathway to mm -hmm. being a disciple is, is asking you to, to lead in this place and lead other students. And, and what I hope we're doing is that we're not only developing disciples of Jesus, but disciple makers, those who, yeah who see the path and invite others along mm -hmm. uh, the journey as well. I can see some of the challenges in that, in that uh, model for, for various people, maybe that might be listening to the podcast um, where they're like, wait, you're letting a non-Christian do some leadership at the campus ministry. Um, but I think, again, if you think of the third part of the frame, a grace driven community, then it helps you think through, okay, what, what part do we let, grace drive when it comes to our ministry and our, our discipleship model. Yeah. Uh, so I think that, just, that helps me uh, definitely in thinking about it um, like that. Okay. If, if you're coming through the lens of grace, then you can allow different people to lead. Now I'm guessing those student leaders aren't 
preaching because they don't they're not maybe at that place there are many people preaching, preaching. I, <laughs> you know honestly preaching isn't a super important part yeah. of what we're doing um and we may have a, a midweek talk but it's generally much shorter than mm-hmm. maybe a sunday morning servant sermon mm-hmm. at most american churches right um so no but but it could absolutely be someone playing playing in the band, someone helping set up for events, even some someone leading uh, or at least co-leading a Bible study, um, kind of using discovery Bible study kind of methods. Right, um, which very much is comfortable with letting the Word and the Holy Spirit do the work in someone's life and seeing and discipling in that model, whether they're a full believer in Christ or not. So Absolutely. So we are... Um, yeah, we're we're open to all of that, and and mm-hmm. what we're at, we are asking for some level of commitment. But I've just mm-hmm. I've seen good fruit from it, Jake, and I've seen folks who are who aren't aren't ready to take some huge step in the beginning, but they're curious, they're interested, yeah. they want to know a little bit about about prayer or what what the Bible is or how do they read it and what does this mean? It's, it was interesting. One of our ministry in Birmingham over the pandemic at one point they surveyed their students and they were like, mm-hmm. we know you guys are on zoom all day. We're not wanting to add one more thing. What, what kinds of things are you interested in? Mm-hmm. And they gave them three or four options of, okay, let's, let's, we want to invest our time in this way. And what they wanted was to be in some sm- very small group of students and read the Bible together and try to understand it. And I thought, this is, this is so great. This is what we, this is what we want to get to. Right. And students are actually asking for it um, rather than, you know, a big fun zoom. That's not all that fun. Cause you've been on yeah. zoom all day anyway. They, they were hungry for faith yeah. conversations. They were hungry from learning from the word. And uh, like you and I were talking about the other day, digging into the word uh, a little bit and actually yeah. learning about who Jesus is uh, and how to get grow closer to it. What does this mean? Yeah. What does it mean? And what does it mean for my life today? So yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, that's definitely exciting uh, to hear. Well, that's a that's an interesting point too. You bringing up uh, one of the teams there in the UK is thinking about the four parts of the frame and kind of our present day situation that we've been dealing with with ministry around the world uh, thanks to the global pandemic. What have been some of the cool ways that you have seen your teams within Global Scope flex in ministry? I mean, I know that there's been a lot of heartache. There's been a lot of rough stuff going on. You mentioned uh, just the hunger of some of these students that are part of the ministry to to want to learn from, more from God's word. What what have been some other things that you have seen though play out? Yeah, it has been interesting to see what students have needed, and there have been many many things. Obviously, there's like all the death and sickness and the all, very awful parts of the pandemic that we're unfortunately still experiencing. And there have been, there's just been so much isolation and loneliness. Mm-hmm. A lot of things are, you know, we haven't met hardly anyone new. How do you meet new people? Like yeah. it's weird enough to walk into La Ruta or El Oasis mm-hmm. or, or roots on a, on a Wednesday or a Thursday anyway, but to log into zoom from a group you don't know has <laughs> just been brutal. We have not met many students. But what I will say is we've, we've seen a lot of deepening of relationships mm-hmm. with the students that we already had in our community. And I, 
you know, in Spain, I remember in Valencia, they started doing these, they called them three plays, like uh, just triples, like one staff member, a couple students who were, who would just meet for three weeks. It was like very low commitment. Um, but, but following a study and, and oh, all these different groups were doing the same study. And when that, when that three weeks ended, you could continue with that group. You could, you could step out if school was getting busy or you could jump into another one. But we saw something like, I think 17 different groups meeting. So we've seen some good things happening. I think it's mostly been kind of a, a, a deepening of relationships in this time rather than a, a real widening of the community. Cause it's been yeah. so hard to meet, meet new people. Yeah. Especially in, in locations like in Europe where they're very restrictive of gatherings and everything. locations else. like everywhere, Jay. Like, like everywhere. But... I mean, it, you know, everyone has been more restricted than we've been here in the U S um, mm. They've also handled the pandemic better than we have too. But I mean, Santiago, for example, in, in Chile, there was a point where they are just now getting back to in-person events. And there was a point where you could, if you lived in Santiago, you could only leave your dwelling place twice a week and you had to have a police permit to get out. Oh you had a couple gosh. hours twice a week that you could get out. And so yeah, that's not, that's not very positive for campus ministry. Oh, yeah. When brutal. it's all about it's tough. Know. Yeah. Community and friendship and yeah. fun and like all the things that are so great. We just haven't been able to do. But thinking about the, the depth uh, that this time has provided, I think is definitely exciting. Uh, and I hope yeah. what we have are, are students who are ready now as things begin to, to slowly uh, open up that they're ready mm -hmm. to invite others yeah. Back in that these deepening of relationships will that we will end up having, you know, some yeah. some very committed students who are who are ready to meet new people to invite their yeah. friends and kind of bring them along a, a similar journey that they've had. Well, and con continuing with the topic of like our present day situation with Global Scope. I'd love to just touch briefly on the Netherlands and this new opportunity that we're launching 15th campus and the 10th country where Global Scope is going to be located. I mean, that's super exciting to be thinking about. Um, what, where are things at in the, in the stages of, of launching, of getting there, of, of, of how the Netherlands is going to start? Kind of what, what do you see the next couple of months and years looking like for that team? And even how did that, that team come about? I think it's some fun stuff to think about, like the present day situation uh, for Global Scope and this new campus we're launching. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. I got to be a part of the the initial scouting trip. We are going to be launching in Maastricht, which is in the south mm -hmm. of the Netherlands. It's actually closer. That that town is closer to uh, Brussels, Belgium, than it is to Amsterdam. Everyone oh, automatically whoa. thinks, yeah. like, oh, you're going to be in Amsterdam. No, actually, yeah. we're going to be pretty far from there. Uh, but this this team, I'm super excited. They are pretty far along in the support raising journey, pretty close to being fully funded. Mm -hmm. uh, hopefully launching this fall, they've got a target date uh, in about a mm -hmm. month of right. uh, in October is where they're, when they're hoping to go right mm -hmm. now, we're working through some of the logistics of establishing an organization so that we can sponsor our own visas to go there. It's immigration is becoming more complicated everywhere in the yes. world. Mm -hmm. uh, but we've got an organization we're working with. We have a volunteer uh, on the ground in Switzerland who's kind of advising us. And we are trying to get all that set up ahead of time so that we can be, they can launch hopefully, if not mid-October, hopefully soon after 
Uh, borders need to still open as well. Mm -hmm. But so there's a lot in flux. But hopefully this fall, we're hoping to have those four teammates on the ground. And they are all four from Colorado. They're okay, they've yeah. all been a part of a big partner church there, Flatirons Community Church. So Taylor, Joseph, Lizzie, um, and Tori are our four teammates. Yeah. All, like I said, all pretty funded. So we're launching this in conjunction with a church that we've been partnering with since about 2013. Well, I think I, I wanted to, you to touch on that because I think it's interesting to think about here in the 20 years in for Global Scope. You know, it got its start linking up with a campus ministry on a state school campus, you know, with CMF. But now thinking about ways that we can be broadening our footprint, it's pretty exciting to think about churches having a vision for the ways that they want to maybe be planning some planting some satellite campuses or churches around the world and looking to Global Scope as kind of that that first wave uh, into those countries. It, can you talk a little bit about that or some of the discussion that came came about in order for us to partner with Flatirons to help launch this? Yeah, I think we have similar passions of that church of, of reaching young people um, and young people who uh, either don't have exposure to the gospel or, you know, skeptics, reaching the same types of people. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that we explored initially that we've kind of put on hold for now, but is potentially having them having a satellite campus there in mm -hmm. the Netherlands and a, a church that's just down the road from them called Red Rocks. Mm -hmm. uh, they're also in the the Boulder, Lafayette, the kind of northwest side of Denver area. They have a campus in Brussels. Okay, um, that's mm -hmm. that's got some very international campus. Uh, I forget how many languages are spoken, but you walk wow. into church and you have to select your language unless you're, <laughs> oh, that's crazy. you're speaking French. I, I yeah. think the French speaking in that part, it's, yeah, you can grab Flemish or English or maybe even Mandarin and, and put on your headphones and, and participate amazing. in the whole worship service. But they've seen that model and they're at least interested and we're still kind of thinking about uh, if that could be a thing down the road. But for now, we're, we're launching Global Scope. Uh, when things open up and we'll, we'll kind of go from there, but yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about some of the partnerships that are developing with other, yeah. with other, other ministries. I, I realized early on in my, my tenure as director that there was only so much growth that could happen if we were really just partnered with CCF at Georgia tech and a couple other ministries in the South. So we've expanded beyond just the South, but now we're also looking at other similarly minded similarly passioned ministries that we can that we can partner with to, to launch and plan new locations yeah, that's exciting okay so well that's very exciting to be thinking about flat irons and this partnership and launching the ministry in the netherlands the 15th campus uh, the 15th campus ministry uh, for global scope and I, I can't help but think now, as you guys are putting together this celebration of the past, present, and the future, to think a little bit about the future of Global Scope. Like in the next 21 years, man, where would you like to see Global Scope go? I know that's a huge question. So maybe, maybe the better way of even talking about it is like, oh my gosh, <laughs> if people can see this on video, yeah. They, if only your oh, eyes are bugging. Like out of his head. Yeah, you forgot. <laughs> his eyes are bugging out of his head. People yeah, please check out our vlog cast uh, <laughs> yeah. just after that. It'll, it'll be way funnier. Yeah. 
So I'd love to hear your personal take on where you see Global Scope going maybe in the next five years, 10 years. We don't have to go to the full 21-year spectrum. And it's also, I think, helpful to for, for folks that don't know to know that you work with a steering committee, uh, which is a little bit unique to, I think, some other mission organizations for other directors um, and to have input from other folks. And so maybe touching on the steering committee, discussions that you guys have been having, um, and then just your own personal vision for Global Scope, I think it'd be fun to to talk through as we look to the future uh, for this branch of CMF. Yeah, absolutely. Tw- 21 years is a bit much yeah, sorry. for me. Doesn't, <laughs> even 10, honestly, yeah, is, yeah. is tough for me. But I we do have- You're like a college a, student. You can only think in four-year terms, like four-year exactly, chunks of time. Kind of. of. Yeah. But in our world and the, and the mm-hmm. pace of change in our world, it is yeah. really hard. Uh, to project that far out, but the the steering committee is a group that was created from the from the very beginning of Global Scope's history. It was initially it was three people from Georgia Tech CCF and mm-hmm. their kind of board members and three CMF folks, and they were they kind of played referee in the beginning. But what <laughs> they've turned into is an advisory board for us. Mm-hmm. And so as we think about where where are we going next, is it wise right now to expand to to newer locations, newer countries, newer fields? Uh, they help me and Cami Reed kind of think through those things. So we're not on our own and deciding, should we, or where should we go? Yeah. Uh, but I definitely have like hopes and dreams and passions. I'm first and foremost, I want to be faithful with what God puts in front of us. And Absolutely. I, I can sit around, I could travel the world and dream up mm-hmm. of hundreds of places where global scope could go, but really we need, we need workers in the harvest. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm a, I'm a little bit open-handed and looking around for folks that God is calling folks who are passionate. I do think, or I hope one of my hopes and and kind of dreams for the next five years is to see we've, we've had a big focus in planting in Western Europe, which mm-hmm. has been great over the past really decade. I think yeah. I've planted a lot of ministries there, but I'd love to see a focus shift kind of south and mm-hmm. in Latin America and maybe it'd be more like 10 years, but I'd love to see us in every capital city in South awesome. America. I'd love to see, uh, we've got the ministry in Australia, I think is doing great in Brisbane. There are a lot of other university cities in Australia. There's New Zealand and even, you know, you and I have talked some about South Africa. So I'd love to see us kind of shift yeah. south for the next phase of growth, but it's really dependent on, God raising up uh, workers, folks who are willing to go, folks who are willing to to raise the funds, to build a team around them, and mm. to and to develop and and go. Yeah, well, I think it's exciting, and I hope folks that are listening are thinking maybe, oh, you know, I know a young adult that would be interested in doing campus ministry in South Africa or doing campus ministry in some part of Australia or New Zealand. I mean, those are super exciting places to be thinking about. Or someone who has dabbled in Spanish but realizes that, hey, I can link up what I did with high school Spanish with my campus ministry experience in college and help launch a brand new campus ministry in Lima, Peru, or someplace like that. I mean, that that's really exciting to think. The about. need is there, Jake. I get I get a couple emails every few months from there's someone in Paraguay who's who studied abroad in Uruguay and was a part of La Ruta, mm-hmm. and they see the need there and they email me. And then there is someone in in Quito, Ecuador, 
Uh, Are you serious? Yes, who I I do not know, and I'm not yeah. even sure how she knows. I'm trying to. I think her name is Cristina Diaz. She emails me like once a year. When are you coming? I've got the university picked out. You guys need to come here. There's nothing that is awesome. going on, and I I I'm ready. I need yeah. God to raise up the folks. Come on, people, um, let's jump on this. Well, and I will say, uh, any of our podcasts that we have done in Spanish. Uh, we have a lot of Colombian listeners for some reason. So Colombia could We've be. We've got someplace. quite a few connections there too. Yeah. And I think it, yeah. I think there's potential in in Colombia. Americans have some some prejudices sure. thanks to you know, the <laughs> narco show being so big. But I really I don't think Colombia is like from a safety perspective is mm-hmm. what it was in the 80s. And we have yeah. quite a few church connections. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I'd, I'd be excited to to think about. Yeah, man, all of that sounds super exciting. And even to that, you guys as a team with the with the steering committee are thinking, dreaming, and even looking into ways. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but like two two three years ago, there were some people that even went to Lima, right? There was some type of gathering there just to like check yeah, things that, out. That was a partial scouting trip and partial gathering of all the Latin American ministries. It was called mm-hmm. Latin Scope. They got together in, in Lima. I, th- I think mm-hmm. that would be a great place to plant as well. Yeah. Additionally, one thing that we found as well, Jake, is, is usually planting in a new country from interest to plant is a four or five year process. Mm-hmm. However, if we're planting a second or third location in a, in a country where we already exist, yeah, that's usually cut in half. And so, yeah, it's easy to name a bunch of countries here, but what also I could see happening is planting new ministries mm-hmm. in countries where we already have established yeah, ministries. Because they figured out work permits, visas, how to develop a budget for that location and relational connections. You know, we were invited for years and years to go to Viña del Mar Uh in Chile. And Uh and finally the the team came together for that to happen. There was a church there uh, who kept inviting us. And And that's pretty exciting. Like in talking about campuses launching, that was just this last year. Is that correct? They, they moved uh, to Viña del Mar in February of 2020. <laughs> what a great time to be moving to a new location to meet new people. And and they did it. They launched yeah. a ministry, mostly met students over Instagram, and now they're wow. finally getting to do some in-person events. And it, uh, oh, that's so interesting. That's awesome to think about. Okay, so yeah, as you look to head to the future, there's the there's possibly the shift towards some of these global south locations. Of course, what's south if you're I guess if you're in North America, it's south. If you're down in the bottom of Chile, then south doesn't hey, change. There's I don't an, know. In, in Uruguay, <laughs> in Uruguay, in yeah. our campus house, in La Ruta, there's a big map on the wall that, uh-huh. I, that I love. Uh, it has the world from a different, the opposite perspective. Opposite and it says, yeah. Nuestro Norte es el Sur. Mm-hmm. Which means our north is the south, and our I love that. That will maybe yeah. be my first. Answer. Ooh, there we go. I like. I'm joining you in it. Well, I, I love that idea that there's there's some growth areas where we're seeing people are asking us to come and do ministry there, and we just need people to join us uh, in the ministry. And then it's also exciting to think about branching out our campus ministries in other locations. And we're already seeing that happen in Chile. We saw that happen in Spain and in Germany. Um, so thinking about some of other, our other locations and where that can go is also super exciting to think about for the next five to 10 years uh, for Global Scope. 
Well, Phil, this is a very exciting time to be celebrating what God's been doing uh, over the last 21 years of ministry. And it's also exciting to think about where God's going to take uh, the organization uh, going forward. I appreciate this time, man, and appreciate your leadership uh, of Global Scope and of the various teams around the world. And I'm uh, just grateful for the example of Christ uh, and Christ's leadership that you are uh, to all of these folks uh, that are serving at CMF. Thanks, man, for this time. Man, I hope you were as excited and encouraged as I was by this conversation with Phil on Global Scope's 21st birthday. God is clearly on the move and working through our Global Scope missionaries and the dynamic Christ-centered communities around the world that they are a part of. It was so powerful to hear about how Global Scope began, how our teams have navigated the challenges over the last two years, and to dream about the next chapter of the ministries of Global Scope. You heard Phil say it, the opportunities are out there. Maybe you should consider partnering with us to get a Global Scope campus ministry in every capital city of Central and South America. Or perhaps God is calling you to help us expand our work in Australia into places like even New Zealand, or to be a part of a new work in South Africa. Think about it. You could be a part of what God is doing through CMF. Happy birthday, Global Scope. Here's to many more years of fruitful ministry to come.